Welcome to Mindset Reset Radio. I'm your host, Jess, and I'm on a mission to help female entrepreneurs like you get intentional in life and business. So if you're feeling stuck, you're looking for inspiration, or you just want to be reminded that you're not alone on this crazy entrepreneurial journey, you've landed in the right place. You can join our community of intention getters on Instagram at Jessica Thiefels, that's me, and you can learn more about how I can support you in business and mindset at jessicathiefels.com. Finally, if you love what you hear, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. I'll be forever grateful. Now, sit back, grab a journal, and get ready to start living with intention. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Mindset Reset Radio. We are here today with Sandy Grigsby, who is one of the world's top personal branding image experts. She shares the most dynamic tool you can develop to improve your personal brand and online image instantly, confidence. As a TEDx and international speaker, she has spoken before tens of thousands of people on radio, TV, magazines, podcasts, and stages all over the globe. Her experience includes more than 20 years of online personal brand development and personal branding photography. She is the author of I Am Who I Am, an illustrated book teaching self-worth and confidence, the founder of Brio 5, a boutique personal branding studio, and the creator of Confidence Jam, a program for developing your confidence, self-worth, and personal brand. She's voted one of the top speakers and branding experts amongst well-recognized industry leaders. Welcome, Sandy. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. So before we jump into this really important topic, I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Why don't you give us a little bit more about who you are and what you do? I am a world traveler. I have lived on over six continents. I've traveled to, I I lost count of the countries. It's over 50 at least. And one of the things I'm passionate about is helping people really see their own power, their confidence, and their own beauty. In inwards and outwards. Mm. And I help people really define that and understand that. And part of my journey of getting to this was I was that little girl that would always go up to another person and go, oh, you should wear your hair like this. Or let's clean up your room so it would look prettier so we can go play. I was I was the fixer. And it didn't work out so well in my youth. I was judged and labeled for it. I remember in junior high school, some girls broke up with me because I was on a high horse is what they told their mothers who told my mother. And and I guess (laughs) I didn't really fit in because I was too nitpicky on them. But what I didn't realize at the time, because it crushed my soul, was it's just innate in who I am. And I just love to help people be the best versions of themselves. Mm. And being that way impacted my confidence. So as a little girl, I was always shy and insecure because when I was trying to help people, I got rejected, which then gave me a complex and then shattered my confidence. And it was something that I had to rebuild. And it wasn't just that. There's a lot of things that go into that, obviously, relationships with my parents, things like that. But it was something I had to learn. So now, after working in the commercial print modeling industry, working in the graphic design industry, web design industry, photography industry, now I work with people to help them really craft a brand that shows the essence of who they are and Mm. allows them to be confident and comfortable in their own skin, which Mm. then is seen by others and allows them to be more influential, more persuasive, and more powerful overall. I love that. So important. And it's interesting to think like so much of us, right? Like we come into this world as this authentic version of who we are. And then 
we get told things and we experience things and we see things and all of a sudden we're covered in layer after layer after layer of beliefs and feelings and emotions that aren't ours and yet we take them on as ours. Yes, exactly. Very well said. Yeah, I, I have a similar experience to you. I actually also in middle school was like, I went to a very small middle school, a small private school. And there was like, I think in eighth grade, to give you an idea, third grade, we had nine kids in our class. And then in eighth grade, we had, I think, like 16. Um, and I was friends with all the girls. Yeah, it was we had 30. Oh, my God. Yeah. So and that was just my class. The grade overall were hundreds and hundreds. Hmm. Yeah, this is just like a little private school. Um. And one day, this girl, Kristen Kelly, Kristen, if you're listening, she's definitely not listening. But Kristen Kelly, like, no joke, like, turned all the girls against me. So all of a sudden, one day, I had no friends. And I remember being this little girl who already had been through so much trauma with my biological father and my family dynamics. I was like, screw them. I'm gonna brush this off. I'm just gonna be friends with the boys and pretend like I don't care. And, but I look back at that as like this seminal moment in my life that I come back to again and again in my healing work, in my body image work, in my relationship with everything in my life, because that was so pivotal in impacting how I related to myself and how I felt I could be, how I was allowed to be. And it's only in the last, you know, five years that I've been able to really like step into my confidence again and like who I am and like own the fact that like, yeah, I'm loud. Yeah, I speak the truth. But that's what I was put on this planet to do. I do that and it impacts and helps so many people because I'm willing to put my voice out there. But getting to that place, like where you are, where I am, where we're all working to continue to move toward is really difficult. It is. You know, people don't realize the impact of childhood trauma. It doesn't need to be that you were choked to death or beaten. Right. It could be as simple as rejection from friends. Mm -hmm. or parents that were too controlling or too strict or, you know, one of the things, I don't know if you've ever heard of Sheila Kelly. She has a Netflix show. She does feminine body movement. She uses both floor exercises and the pole to allow women to express themselves and their femininity and break through past childhood traumas and other things. And one of the things she said really hit her was when she had her own daughter and her daughter was very young. I think she was between like three and five, you know, little, little kid age, little baby kid. And she took her daughter to uh, a pool area with other children. And her daughter was running around without her bikini top on. Well, at that age, boys and girls all look the same. Right. (laughs) You can't tell. And a mom shamed her. She yelled, oh my God, put your shirt on, put your top on. What kind of child are you? Just went off completely. And she said she looked over and saw the reaction of her daughter, who didn't see herself different from any of the other children, jarred and stunned and broke into tears and ran away, not understanding why she was being berated by this woman, not understanding what she did wrong. And she said that kind of trauma impacted her daughter, and she had to work for years to pull her out of that. And now, from what Sheila Kelly, Kelly teaches... Her daughter is one of the most beautiful dancers and her movement and her body movements are so natural and organic because her mom worked with her after that Mm -hmm. to get her to find her own femininity and her own confidence and her power. And it just transformed the girl and the girl is magnificent. But that's the kind of thing that people overlook is just when we're very young, the subtle little things that happen to children, it's both girls and boys alike. 
the roles that they're put into, you be quiet, be a good girl. Mm-hmm. That's one of them. That's a big one. Right? As well, instead of letting girls be rambunctious and playful and fun, it's be a good girl. Stop it. Knock it off. Girls don't behave like that. It's little things like that. And those things affect and impact our confidence. Mm-hmm. And then years later, uh, uh, something triggers you and you don't understand why. You don't understand the correlation of something that happened to you so early on in your youth. And now your confidence is impacted and little tiny things can set you off and make you upset, put you in a mood, make you cry. And people don't even realize the impact of those little things. Mm-hmm. It's so true because they might not even seem related at all. And yet exactly. they impact so many areas of your life. So so the reason I was so excited about this conversation is because what we're just talking about. So like there's this confidence that's already within us, this seed of yep. confidence of authenticity And what I want to hear from you and learn from you is how do we pull that out? How do we start tapping into that to feel more magnetic in our business and in our brand? So what's like the first way a listener is thinking like, man, I want to be more confident and I want to pull that out. Like what's maybe the first thing that you might recommend they start thinking about or doing? Well, the first thing I always tell my clients is you have to define who you are. Mm. And that is a process. So I like to start with, I'll start with you, Jessica, give me five words to best describe you. Mm. Well, I've done an exercise around this where I asked friends to describe me. And the number one word that came out was energy. I want your words, not your friend's words. How would you describe yourself? Okay. Um, hardworking, intuitive, uh, guide slash teacher. That's three. Um, nurturing and um, say, uh, Outgoing. Outgoing. Perfect. Okay. Now, those are the words that you use to describe yourself now. Mm-hmm. I want you to think of your favorite animal. What is your favorite animal on the planet? And if you don't have a favorite animal, just think of the first animal that comes to, to mind. That you're like, hmm, I kind of like this. Even if you don't really love animals, it's okay. Just what's your favorite animal? <laughs> the first animal that comes to mind is a giraffe. That's my favorite animal. Ah, how funny. Oh, my God. If I could have a pet giraffe, I totally would. (laughs) So, giraffe, give me three words to describe the traits, the characteristics, the personality of a giraffe. Majestic. They're so big. Um... I think they're probably kind. They don't like eat other animals, right? They're like vegetarian. Uh, And wild. Ooh, I like it. All right. Now, Jessica, I want you to think back to when you were a child. But here's the catch. You cannot go any older than six. Hmm. So think back to your earliest childhood memory. Some people, I have one client who could go back to a year old. He remembers when he was a year old and he was on a TV set and he had all this pressure on him and he he could feel all these things at one year old. So I want you to think back as early as you can remember. 
Mm-hmm. And if you can't remember, then think of how your parents or other people would have described you at that age. But try to see how would you describe yourself as a child before in around six. So if you're looking at seven, eight, nine, ten, you're too old. It has to be six and under. Okay. Um, sassy. Um silly, adventurous. It's kind of funny because I was sometimes shy, but when I was around people, I knew I wasn't. I was like, how were you around people you knew? Very outgoing, very just like center of attention, happy to be center of attention. Perfect. How were you with other children? Bossy. (laughs) (laughs) Bossy. Bossy, playful. Um, How are you with animals? I think I was very playful and interested in them. Like we had like dogs and cats and stuff. And I always really liked them. Did you like them or were you the one who would try to go and pet them? Were you the one that wanted to play with them? Did you want to heal them, help them, feed them? Well, I should say when I was with animals, like I was deathly scared of dogs so like if we were going to a house with dogs like my mom would have to tell them like can you put the dog somewhere else um but like if it was our animal I think I just like wanted to play with them I don't have like memories of wanting to feed or take care or anything like that just was like so playful okay yeah perfect existed. Right, so this is just a basic exercise I take my clients much deeper but mm-hmm. let's look back at your words so you described yourself when we first started talking mm-hmm. as hardworking, intuitive a teacher slash guide, nurturing and outgoing, Mm -hmm. right? You described a giraffe as majestic, kind, and wild. Mm. And just the animal that you picked and the words you described are you. So Mm. you ended up describing yourself. And your child words were sassy, silly, adventurous, shy, outgoing, bossy, and playful. So from these words, outgoing, you actually said twice. You said Mm -hmm. it for your childhood words and for your adult you words, Mm -hmm. which means that is one of your core words. It's a word that's obvious to yourself and it's probably obvious to other people. Other people would probably say the same thing. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be one of the words that we're going to keep for now. Now, your other words, you, when you described yourself, you left out sassy, Mm -hmm. silly, wild, wild, sassy, silly could all kind of tie in together, right? Mm -hmm. Majestic. Majestic is like magnificent, adventurous. And when we first started speaking, when, before we started this call, you had said that you, you loved going on adventures, but you didn't use it to describe yourself. Yeah. That's funny. So bossy, bossy could be in the fact that you want to teach people and guide people and they're not following your instructions. So that can tie back into being a guide or a teacher Mm -hmm. and then playful. You said playful a few times, yet you didn't include it in the way that you described yourself. Mm. So the first way of finding your confidence is to really understand how to define yourself and to reach back to words that were there to describe you early on before life got in the way, trauma got in the way, and you learned to behave a certain way. Mm-hmm. Because hardworking is something learned. You learned right. to become hardworking. As a child, you're probably more adventurous, creative, and curious as opposed to hardworking. Mm -hmm. So to really own your confidence, you have to go back and reclaim words that were lost and forgotten. Mm -hmm. Reclaim words that you don't associate to yourself anymore because you're so busy creating a persona, 
an right. image that you want other people to see. We love for others to see us as hardworking and focused and dedicated and loyal, all of these strategic words. But we don't necessarily think, I want people to see me as silly and playful and adventurous. Mm -hmm. But can you imagine if people actually saw you as someone who's playful, adventurous, and sassy, how much more fun are you going to be to them to want to learn from you, for you to be their teacher, their guide, and nurture them into the next level of their confidence and their power? Mm -hmm. I love that. that Yes, I love that. And I like what I keep thinking as you're telling me this too, is going through this exercise in a way it almost gives you permission to be that version of yourself again, right? You know? Exactly. Yeah. And that's what's so powerful. And once you know that, now you can step into being more confident because you go, oh my gosh, I am adventurous. And I'm looking back at all my social media content and it's boring, right? So now I'm going to be more creative, more adventurous, take more risks with my content. I am playful and I'm being so professional. Everything is so clean and professional that it's sterile and boring. I want to be more playful, be more playful with myself, more playful with my audience, more playful with my family. Because what happens when you're more playful? You're more of you. You're more attractive to other people because your energy is there. Exactly. And you have more joy. Mm-hmm. And isn't joy the thing that everyone seeks? Right. Think about every person, even the most successful people. They always end somewhere along their journey saying, I wish I was happier mm-hmm. or I wish I had the chance to share more joy or I, I'm great because my life was so full of happiness. Or when people think back to their childhood, if it was a great one, I was blessed to have such a happy, joyous childhood. Mm -hmm. So everyone, no matter what it is on this planet, even if you're after money or fame, the ultimate thing that you look back on on your deathbed is having had joy and happiness. Mm -hmm. So if you can own that already and be more confident claiming that, you are a beacon to other people. You are a leader. You're more powerful. You're more influential and you're a better person overall. And that organically makes you more confident. Yeah. I I love that exercise. I'm so excited for listeners to be able to do this themselves, even if they're just thinking through it. Um, it's going to be so supportive. So they come through, they find these words, they're like, oh shit, I'm actually sassy and fun. What, what do we recommend for, or what do you recommend for like, because it's not like we hear that and all of a sudden we're like, okay, I'm that person. You know, what, how do we how do we start stepping into that? Are there some practices we can use to start coming more back to that version of ourselves? So what I recommend is always claiming that, so understanding how that is, and then infusing that into everything with intention. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to write copy for your website or for an article, or you're going to create content for social media, or even communicate with a client, a friend, family member, go in with the intention, you know, today I'm going to be more playful. Instantly that helps. Mm-hmm. Then what you also want to do is you want to focus on your image because I specialize in image and how you're perceived and conveyed by others. I sh- I firmly believe that what you put out there should reflect those core words, those words that you use to define yourself. So you have to actually take a step back and analyze what you've put out to the world already. What does your profile picture look like? What do other images of you circulating the web look like? What does your social media content look like? 
and see if the image that you're putting out reflects those words. If it doesn't, it's time to change it. And you would be surprised if you take a new photo of yourself and you put it as your profile photo and you look playful and and hardworking and adventurous and all of these things, just yourself looking at that reflection of you boosts your confidence. Because mm-hmm. it's a reminder, it's a trigger. I once had a client who came to me and she worked in corporate America. She actually worked for one of the huge banks. I think it was like, I want to say it was Chase or Merrill Lynch, one of those. And she was an executive and she hated her image because everything was so sterile and corporate. She wore a business suit. She had the corporate haircut. Everything was against boring backdrops. It was very stiff. Her smile was even fake. There was no joy. There was nothing going on, but just blah. And even though it was a professional image, she every time she looked at it, she just felt like it wasn't her. Mm. And when we decided to work together, I really had to understand who she was and pull out her words and then capture it in an image. And she wanted to be seen as someone who was confident, powerful, feminine. That was really important because she felt like she was washed into masculinity through the corporate with the suit and the the bob haircut and everything just felt so masculine. And she wanted to show her femininity. She didn't want to have the mask of masculinity that she had to put on to grow in the workplace. And so what we did was we captured an image of her sitting outdoors with a like Paris behind her with a cute hat on and she had a gorgeous smile and she was wearing a beautiful flowing silk blouse and it it had uh, long sleeves and it just was very feminine and and silk and it had like it was that white eared like shiny silk so you could see the reflections on it and it was so soft and luxurious and it was still conservative Mm -hmm. she wasn't showing cleavage or anything like that it was very conservative but it was graceful it was elegant it was feminine And in it, she's looking off and she's smiling and she has this beautiful, radiant glow about her. And it's the image was just so free, but it was still professional. It was still confident and powerful and feminine. It was all of those things, but it told a more dynamic story about who she actually is. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget, she had this image and she printed it out and she put it on her desk and she said, Sandy, whenever I forget myself, I forget my confidence. I forget who I am and I'm in doubt and I'm questioning why I'm here and what I'm doing and my purpose. I look at that image and I remember who I am. That is the power of capturing an image that authentically and masterfully portrays who you really are Mm -hmm. and looking back on it. That's how you maintain your confidence. Yeah, I love that. And I think something I'm hearing too is this idea that it can be helpful to have someone um, like help you step into that. So like you do that with your clients, lots of brand photographers. I know a wonderful, incredible brand photographer in San Diego, and that's, she works with every female entrepreneur in San Diego works with her. So good at helping you step into that confidence. But even if let's say you don't have the money for like a brand shooter, that's not a good fit for you. I'm wondering if it's like, you know, who can you find a a best friend or a partner who you can talk to about this and say like, you know, help, help me put something on that makes me feel good. Or like, you know, find someone that can sort of support you and empower you in stepping into that version of yourself. And maybe even like snapping a few photos on your phone 
that you can just play around with this idea of like, what does it look like to feel more confident in myself and on camera? And I'm wondering if having that support can help us because it's still not just as easy as being like, I'm going to be sassy on camera today. You know, there's so much there. And I'm wondering if having someone else, if it can't be someone like you, help us get there, help us feel that way. The most important thing is if you're going to bring someone in to help you, you have to feel completely comfortable with them and not judged. Mm -hmm. So I found over the years of doing this, I've been in this industry for over 24 years. When people are about to do a photo session and they bring their support in, but really they know if it's a spouse or a friend that their friend or spouse is judging them or child snickering or laughing, they aren't themselves. Yeah. I once worked with a gentleman and he was such a wonderful man, wonderful personality, just the cutest guy ever. He was an executive from banking industry and I get a lot of bankers. Um, <laughs> and I'll never forget, we did his photo session. It was just him and I, and we were having the best time. We were on scooters going around Los Angeles, just taking all of these pictures in different places. And when it came to showing the images to his family, it was his ex-wife and his daughter he was so embarrassed mm. because they judged him so harshly. Oh, God's awful. And I remember listening because he had them on a call and he was excited about his pictures, but I could feel the hesitation. And I don't even know why he was, I just said, pick them with me. You don't need them. But he felt the need because they're family. And I remember they were on the phone and they were looking at his pictures and immediately his ex-wife started making jokes. Mm. And then his daughter started chiming in. And I looked at him and I looked at his whole energy, his spirit, his face drop. And I just had it. I picked up the phone and I berated them. Mm. I was like, what kind of horrible family? I mean, I'm not usually, I don't, I don't reach out and lash out at people, but watching his whole light fall to the ground, crashing into a million pieces because they weren't mindful enough to care or show love or support to their family member, it crushed him and it angered me. And I just went off. And I was like, you don't even have any taste or skill in imagery. You shouldn't even be looking at these pictures. And I just blasted them. Mm. And thankfully, he listened to me and he picked the images that worked. And partly was he was also doing this so he could find his love match. Mm. And he ended up having success in that because he listened to me and used the right images. Yeah. But we have to be mindful of who we actually solicit to help us with these things. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to wardrobe... You want to make sure that you pick someone who's going to look out for your best interest, but not really control the situation. Right. And I recommend for you, if you are looking to create a brand that makes you feel confident and comfortable and happy, start with something simple. Start with Pinterest. Hmm. So I always suggest for my clients, create a fresh board on Pinterest, call it your personal brand, make it secret if you want, hmm. and then go through Pinterest and pin things that you love. Not just wardrobe, but anything, food, clothing, accessories, objects, locations, anything, feelings, places, anything. Pin things that you love. And then go back and look through that and see what colors keep coming up. Because people tend to pin a, a pattern of things. I found that men always pin similar colors. Mm -hmm. they, use, they usually pin kind of like rainbow colors, like, you know. <laughs> blue, green, purple, you know, the, the basics, orange. Uh, but women tend to be much more dynamic in, in a different variety. Like they'll pick different shades of pinks, mm. orange, 
things, maybe white, yellow, green, blue, they pick totally different things. And so what you do is you see what's coming up for you. You use that to decide your style of, of clothing and colors. And that's how you can craft, craft your own look that's unique and special to you. And then you sort through your closet of what you already have that matches the things that you pinned to your board. That's where you start. Everything else you dispose of. Donate it, burn it, give it away, <laughs> sell it, whatever you want. Get rid of all the things that don't match the selections that you love on your Pinterest board. And then start purchasing things that match those colors and styles. And what's going to happen is you're going to not need other people's input. Right. When you go to a retail store, you can immediately look if the if your clothing colors are, let's say, a dusty pink, like a soft peachy kind of rose. Uh, white, soft gray, and blue. If you know those are your primary colors for your brand, when you walk into a store, if all they have is orange, black, purple, and green, walk out. You're not going to find anything that's going to match your brand or you. So it makes shopping so much more simple. Mm -hmm. Then when you go in and look, do you see the same textures, cuts, feelings, things that you love? And you don't have to be exactly like your mood board. Like I love certain things on my mood board. I'm never going to wear them because I personally don't like having my belly exposed. There's certain things that I don't like, but they're on my board. So what I do is I look more towards the material. If, was it silk? Was it a knit? Was it a solid monochromatic outfit? Was it something that had three quarter length sleeves? So I find elements from something that I like. Yep. And then I apply that to the wardrobe that I actually wear. So for example, my mood board was all light, soft, dusty color. So uh, whites, creams, light, light gray, uh, you know, fawn colors, like that camel kind of color. So all these very light colors. So if you see me walking down the street, chances are I'm wearing some of those colors. And when I go shopping, I only buy those colors. If you look at my suitcase, everything is those colors. <laughs> actually, the last time I went shopping, the retail clerk said to me, oh, Oh, you like light colors because my I had you know hands full of like like arms full of clothing and it was all in those colors. But what you'll find is shopping becomes easier. You'll feel much more confident in yourself because you're going to love what you're wearing. You're going to feel more confident in your choices because it's something you love. It's not something someone told you to wear. It's not something you've learned, and it's not something you've been sold into by a retail clerk. And when you start wearing things that you love and they come from you, you innately become more confident. And that also helps in the photos that you take. Mm -hmm. The second part of the question is how can you be more confident on camera? Yeah. How can you be more sassy on camera? Well, what I recommend is, first of all, pay attention to the lighting because mm -hmm. as we age, different lighting, even though it looks moody and artsy and really cool, can also make us look really old. <laughs> I want to make sure I recommend to my clients a more flat wash of light. Photographers mm. hate it because they go, there's no, there's no depth. There's no style. I'm like, I don't need depth or style. I need to look fly on camera. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> I don't care if I look flat, I want to look creamy and gorgeous and amazing. So give me flat light, please. And stop talking. So yeah. you want to make sure that the lighting is flattering. Then you want to make sure that you are using your hands. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know what to do with them, use them in gestures, grab an object, hold something, hold flowers, hold a pen, hold a notebook, hold a laptop, whatever. Do something with your hands because when your hands are busy, it feels more natural and it looks more natural in the shot. Okay. Yeah. Then make sure your makeup is fresh and clean. You don't need to go overboard. You don't need to do over lashes or over lips. Just keep it natural, fresh and clean. Keep it true to you. And when you are doing your images, the best thing you can do is stand up tall 
elongate your spine and your neck. Like you like, imagine the top of your head is reaching for the stars. Okay. That corrects posture immediately. Mm-hmm. Great posture instantly conveys confidence in images. Even if you're not smiling, if your posture is great, you look more confident. Yep. Relax the shoulders because no one wants shoulders up to the ears. So stand up nice and tall, stretch your spine and relax your shoulders. And then you want to take your chin and not move your neck. Your neck stays where it is, elongated, right? You want to just take your chin forward. So bring your chin kind of like imagine how a turtle would stick its head out of its shell. (laughs) So they call it turtle neck, right? Make your neck like a turtle. So you're going to bring your chin forward. And what that's going to do is it's going to stretch the skin under your neck which is going to eliminate a double chin. It's going to eliminate, you know, as we get droopy down in the under part of your neck, as you age, that naturally happens, gravity, right? So it's Mm -hmm. going to stretch that skin, which tightens under the jawline. It's going to define the jawline. And most importantly, it's going to cast a beautiful shadow right under that jaw, which is going to separate your jaw from your neck and make you look more sculpted in the face. Hmm. So instantly it's going to make your face look better, which also conveys confidence. Mm-hmm. And then if you smile, that's the best way people they've done studies that people hate when you smirk. So that's the half smile where you have only half of your mouth kind of up. People mm-hmm. think it makes you look confident. It makes you look bad and people hate it, mm. but people love the number one expression is a natural smile. So how do you convey a natural smile when you feel really awkward and uncomfortable on camera? I'm going to give you the secret right here. You do this little laugh. It sounds ridiculous, but it works. <laughs> you're going to say, ha, ha. And you're going to say, ha, as high pitched as you can get it. What it does is it forces your cheeks up. It forces your, your mouth into a natural smile and it bears your top teeth, which is what we want to see, the top teeth, not the bottom. And it crunches the eyes just enough to make it look natural. So you're going to elongate the spine, bring your head out like a tur- turtle, your chin out like a turtle and go, ha. And that is when the photographer will take your picture. Even if you're doing selfies, you'll see it works mm-hmm. and it just looks confident. It feels fresh, radiant, and it I, it's a guaranteed great shot. Love that. Oh my God. So many tips. I hope everyone is taking notes or is going to come back to this for their next photo shoot or selfie shoot. That's amazing. Thank you so much for all of that. You're welcome. Um, I feel like we have covered so much. And I think we can start wrapping it up. Um, So maybe give us one last gem around feeling more confident. If listeners walk away with nothing but this, what would that thing be? The number one thing to feeling you're most confident is to fall in love with yourself again. Mm -hmm. Think about it. When you were a little child, without knowing it, you loved yourself. You had confidence. We don't come out of the womb going, oh no, should I cry? We come out bellowing. So you are born confident and you have to love yourself. Time, trauma, circumstance, experience, life gets in the way and it erodes our confidence. It erodes our love for ourselves. And when you fall back in love with yourself, And you stop berating yourself with negativity, negative self-talk, things that just don't serve you. And instead, you start saying, you know, I did good today. I was kind to someone. I was kind to myself. I laughed today. I changed my own life. I changed someone else's life. I did something good. 
and you fall in love with yourself, you can't help but be confident. It's innate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. And that impacts every area of your life too, right? It's a uh, domino effect in everything that you do. I love that suggestion and that tip. We can all work on loving ourselves more. That's for damn sure. Um, okay, shifting gears. I want to know, what are you getting intentional about right now? What am I intentional on? Yeah, what are you getting intentional about right now? You know, enjoying life. Mm. Yeah. For years, I strove to be successful, to be an influencer, a leader, someone who was serving, but in a way that was very ego. You know, I want them to know I did great work. I did the best. It was because of me. I did that for decades and I was always miserable. Mm. And I realized once I stopped the ego part, I stopped having this need to be the best, to do great things. And I just enjoyed life. Everything came naturally. Mm. My life became easier. I was happier. I was enjoying the moment. So now I actually stopped for a while. I took a pause from social media. So if you go to my social media, it's at Sandy and Focus on Instagram. I'm at sandyandfocus.com on TikTok. I am sandyandfocus.com is my website. If you go and check it out, you'll see that there's not much movement going on there. And it's because I chose to consciously take a pause and enjoy my life. I've been traveling. I've been spending quality time with people that I normally would have shied away from just because, you know, I need to focus on work and you're taking away from my work time. And now I'm enjoying them. I spent a week in a castle in Italy with an 80-year-old rock star, a true rock legend, just following him around his castle, hearing his beautiful stories of, I've spent time with Mick Jagger and and (laughs) hanging out with the Beatles, you know, and looking at the photographs and enjoying his stories and his life and just cherishing it. And now I'm in a different part of Italy and I'm spending time with other friends that are creating big things and listening to them and experiencing their day-to-day life and just enjoying life. And it makes me live with greater intention. I feel happier and I can see that spreading to the people around me. Yeah. It's when you do that, you give other people permission to do that too, which is so beautiful. We can, I think so often we forget that we're, for lack of a better term, role models for so many people. And you don't realize how many people are watching what you're doing and taking it in and letting it mean something for themselves. So, um, I love that. And you said you're not super active on Instagram right now. Is there a good way for people to connect with you outside of the podcast that isn't Instagram? The best way to connect with me is LinkedIn. Perfect. Okay. I'm still active on LinkedIn here and there. So, and if you go to my LinkedIn, here's the secret. You must connect with me. So not follow. You can follow me. Yes. But connect. If you actually hit the connect button, you got to find it because I strategically hit it. (laughs) (laughs) Got to make sure someone's really committed. So find the connect button. If you connect with me and say where you heard me, and if you ask for my course, I will give you free 24-hour access to my LinkedIn learning course on how to create your online image. Love that. What I ask for in return is for you to give me a five-star glowing review at the very end of it. If you wait (laughs) 24 hours, the option for that is gone. So as soon as you watch it, give that review. Love that. Awesome. That sounds perfect. Everyone go 
do that, please. And follow her on Instagram. So when she comes back in action, you'll be there for her. Um, thank you so much for being here and sharing so much. It was so wonderful to connect with you and get all of your juicy confidence tips. Thank you so much, Jessica. I appreciate you. And thank you everyone for tuning in. We'll catch you on another episode of Mindset Reset Radio.